everybody. Welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm working on 14 hours of sleep. You think, oh, 14 hours of sleep, that's great. You went to bed like at 5, 8. No, in three days, 14 hours of sleep. That's not so great for me. I'm a person who needs like eight to nine hours. But I am super excited. I'm working on camp stuff. And Brittany has been having some freaking wins. And I can't wait to share this. So I've known Brittany for maybe six years, probably. And I've seen her go from newly graduated, I think, right, to now like powerhouse focused. And she didn't just focus. I can't even talk. She didn't focus on just one industry. She also is focused on what she's doing in that industry. So it's like a double niche. So I'm real excited. Hey, Bobby, he's in Miami. Okay, here we go. Brittany Barnhart, everybody. We met years ago. I want you to give us a little bit of your background and kind of paint the picture of where you were before you were niching? Yeah, so I'm Brittany Barnhart. I previously ran Just Curious Co., which was a design studio that I started back in 2015. And so I think I met Diane probably at my first Creative South, which is the day after I quit my full-time job. And so quit my full-time job and started my own business, had no idea what I was doing. And through all the ups and downs, making ends meet year to year and getting good clients and figuring stuff out, 2019 became the Year of, I need to figure out what I'm doing or I cannot keep doing this thing because I'm exhausted. And so 2019 was a giant year of just like self-discovery of figuring out what do I really want to do with my crew because this is not sustainable. Who do I really want to work with? Who am I as a person? And mid-2019 is when I finally identified the niche that I wanted to do and the core services that I wanted to offer. And since then, it's been smoother sailing. So yeah. I'm sure this is not a quick, oh, I decided and then bam, there's a lot of time. So I broke it down, or at least I think, of course, really you had some self-discovery. You also sought help. Melinda Livesey, who's here, whoop, whoop, and all those people from Melinda's group, Inner Circle, which I'm a part of. So there was a self-introspection, I guess. Craig's going to get a shout out because I think he was part of it. But that was because you were part of a group that was really focused on growing your business. That was Melinda Livesey's Inner Circle. Then you ended up hiring a marketing person too. So it wasn't just one person person one day, one call with Craig and you guys will have everything figured out. But it was this process. I guess I want people to know that it's scary, but you are so full of courage. You always have been ballsy from the get-go, right? I think ballsy is not a bad word. Okay. So you're going to teach us something. Can you jump into it? Yeah, absolutely. So I prepared a small little presentation on what it means to niche and it's based on research that I've done, experiences that I've had with my clients and my own experiences. So let me share my screen. And just to make sure everybody knows, if you want us to read your stuff in the chat, just write, make sure it says in that blue thing, all panelists and attendees. Otherwise, just me and Brittany can read it. Okay. And so I want to just cover quickly niching down your business because I feel like this is something that a lot of people want to do and they beat around the bush for a while and then they never really quite decide because it's really terrible terrifying. And so I want to just break it down to help you understand how easy it actually is. For the longest time in my entire career, from quitting my full-time job, even in my full-time job, to quitting, to starting Just Curious, I was always of the belief, I just need to be better at my craft. I just need to learn this skill and I'll get more work. Or maybe if I learn how to do this, I'll be better. I just need to practice an illustrator day in and day out, like all these huge designers do every single day. And so I just believe this thing so deeply that if I just got better at being a designer, everything would make sense. Everything would be cured, but it wasn't. It's a lie. So without for 
to back up a little, so it took me about three and a half, close to four years to actually find my niche. And this was a lot of like me avoiding trying to identify one because it felt too hard and too uncomfortable to do that work. And then it got to a point where I was like, I have to decide something. And so the things that boiled up for me went before I decided to finally find or identify mine was I was taking on any and every project. There was no... There's no common theme between any of my clients and which was frustrating because that became much more harder to find clients that I wanted to work with. And so we all heard that we have to constantly be putting ourselves out there to get more work. But where am I supposed to be hanging out if I'm working with anybody and everybody? Like it's exhausting. I was always unsure of the value I provided just because I was doing so many different things. I'd be doing like a poster design for this person, a t-shirt design, and then a logo here. And it was just all over the map. And I was like, I know that I'm providing a great experience, but I don't know the value and like the impact that I'm making. I didn't know how to show up. And so for the longest time without a niche, I didn't know. I didn't understand what I stood for. And so I was like, if I don't know what I stand for, how can I show up? Why am I even excited in my business? And it just wears on you after a while. And I felt like I was doing the most with no return. You put your energy and efforts into a whole lot of stuff and it's a whole lot that doesn't actually end up working out for you. And so this is different for everybody, but this was my own experience with what led up to me knowing that I had to find a niche. It can be a quick process. Some people are very like intentional with it, but from my experience and like talking to a lot of people about it and designers, it can take a long time. But the key that I want you guys to know is that you have to be intentional with it. This isn't something that like, if you want to find your niche, you can't just think about it here, think about it there. Like it has to be a very intentional process and it's a lot of self-discovery, which makes it that much more uncomfortable to actually like take action on. And another thing is, Niching doesn't have to be forever. It never has yes. to be forever. I think that's one of the scariest parts for most people is that they think it really is. Oh, well, I don't want to, I have to pick something and do it forever. Niching doesn't have to be forever. Test it out. My approach was I realized that I wanted to work with health and wellness space. I was like, that is a niche, but it's not actually like niched enough. It's not as niche as I would like to be. So how about I start there? see if I like it, get some clients, see if it makes sense to me. If I connect with those people, I already knew that I liked that industry as a whole. And so it made sense to transition into it. What did you like about it? Did you know that was an industry for you? I like that industry because I have a very personal tie to it in the sense of like, I have had not great, but also really great experiences with health and wellness. And so I've had this from being a teenager to now, I've had a decade and a half of experience in the health and wellness space and seeing the really positive sides and the really negative sides and the really positive sides really resonated with me and impacted my life so much that I realized that like I've and also because it's impacted my life so much those are the things that I'm reading about those are the spaces that I'm seeking out online and so it just made sense to transition into it because I'm already in those spaces so I just want to tell you Amy Lyons is just giving you a little love Brittany your brand transformation over the past year or so has been impressive and amazing and she's so mm -hmm. proud of you again it doesn't have to be forever just test it out. You know what? I'm going to focus on these people and let's just start there. Wait a quarter or six months, whatever timeline you want and see, did it work? Did it not work? Did you, did you enjoy it? What types of clients did you enjoy more? And just gather all this data so that you can pivot if necessary, keep going down that path or like hone in even further. And the beautiful thing about niching, which is what we all want. It's this beautiful moment that we're like, oh, maybe I'll get there, but we never actually do the work to get there is when you finally find it, you know exactly who you're targeting, why it's important to you, your 
vision can become clear. You, I think it's easier to know what you stand for and like connect with that in a very deep level. Exactly where to show up online. It's really easy because you know who you're working with online and where they're going to seek out their content and their education. And it makes it that much more easier to become the expert, which is what we all want, but we, it's easier when you know exactly who you're targeting. And also it's easier to show up every day. You know exactly what your ideal clients are searching for, what you need to talk about, what they're struggling with, why they need you, why they don't need you. And your offers become more catered. And so instead of just offering design, it became like, oh, I'm offering brand strategy and design for this type of person because I know that you need this because X, Y, Z. And so offers become clearer and it's just it's a beautiful thing to be able to find something that you're passionate about in your niche because you just all this clarity happens. And then just two ways that I wanted to go over if you guys are struggling to find your niche is to identify what you're passionate about. And so I love just doing an exercise of just doing a brain dump in the morning, grabbing coffee, tea, whatever your favorite drink of the morning is, uh, and just doing writing a list of everything that you enjoy doing. It doesn't matter. Don't censor yourself. Just literally write it down and then either connect the dots. Maybe there are similar industries that you're interested in. Maybe that means that there are ones that call to you more and seek those out and see if it makes sense to niche into that. And then another way that I love to like to my clients is identify who you're working with now and who you've worked with in the past and see, are there any commonalities? Do they come from a similar background? Do they have a similar career, location, like mindset? What what are the common themes between the people that I really enjoyed working with and the people I really did not like working with? I know not to target them in the future. And if you guys are curious, I have a niching category on my website. If you want to check out my blog, basically talking about how to find your niche, what it means for your business, uh, and then some strategies that you guys can use to find yours. At powerhousebrandstudio.com. You really went through the transformation from just curious to powerhousebrandstudio.com. That was also a whole nother thing that really scares a lot of people is, oh no, now I'm going to have to change my name. That's a whole nother, you had a name, you had been building it. How did you feel when somebody suggested maybe Hey, have you thought about rebranding? I was very excited because the thing was that like for a long time, I was struggling to show up in my brand and I felt like I had started just curious out of sense of like desperation. It was this thing that I was like, I had no idea what I was doing. It was even reflected in the name. Like, I'm just curious. I'm just like the shy girl who's trying to figure out the world is what it felt like to me. And I just like, when the, I worked with Ashley, who was my marketing mentor and she suggested it and I was like, yes, absolutely. This makes sense because the person who I was when I first started running a business is not who I am today. And it's not who I want to be in the future. And I wanted something to reflect who I was. And so changing my name was very much like a personal and also like professional transformation because I feel much more in alignment with things. And so it was scary to do. And I was like, oh, this is going to be weird. But the purpose of like your business name in my mind is to make sure that you align in the industry and you give away, this is what I do, or this is the feeling that I can provide for you. And so just curious didn't really like anything that really spoke to who the clients I were was where I am working with or who I want to be. Okay. So when you painting the picture for us from the beginning, you and you were investigating, you were feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm just having to take whatever. And then when did you did how what 
where did you find Melinda? Don't say on the internet, but what, where was that in your journey? And then when did you have the conversation with Craig? And I just want you to take us through that just so we can paint that picture. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was early, it was quarter two of 2019. So I knew Melinda from YouTube from the future. Like I'm sure much of us know her. And I was like, I want to be like her, like just watched all the videos. I was like, she's amazing. I got to know what she's learning and what she's doing. And so there was one day when I received an email for to apply for the inner circle. And I was like, probably not going to get accepted, but I'm going to apply anyways. <laughs> so it was just like, it was, I think it was, I feel like it was very late that day. I was like, I'm just going to apply, like just cry my way through this. And I sent in an application and she responded. And so I've been in it for a little over a year and I joined because they were talking about lead generation. And so I was at the point where I was like, oh, something's not working. I need help. And didn't intend being in it for as long as I was, but it became the source of community and support and like friendship that I was seeking out because it's hard to work for yourself. And it was middle of the summer last year when Craig and I had like first conversation. I like knew him from the inner circle in our all our weekly calls. He cracks me up and we had just a one-on-one call just to chat, meet each other for the first time. And it was so funny because we were talking and I think he was asking me like, what do you enjoy outside of design or something? And I was like, oh, I love working out. I love lifting weights and I eating healthy, blah, 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 just going off on a rant. And he was like, it really sounds like you should probably work with people in health and wellness. And I feel like the top of my head just completely blew off in that moment. So I was like, I've been trying to find a niche for four years. And you mean to tell me the first time that I met this person, he's the answer to my problem. So it's just, it's a thought of anybody can be your teacher. You just have to be willing to listen to it. And so it was about that moment where I was like, oh, like that, yeah, that makes sense. And I just remembered this fire ignited in me within that moment. I was like, I could see the trajectory moving on from there. And so that was middle of last summer. Okay. So was it at all hard? Okay, so it wasn't hard to change your name, but was it at all hard to focus? I think sometimes maybe it's just that first step of in your mind of saying, okay, I'm going to niche. It's scary to think about it, but what you were doing, it wasn't working or it was too general. So nobody was typing in and would find you, right? That you was just, it makes sense, but it's still super scary right? So what was the hardest part about making this commitment to focus down? And did you resist it at all in the beginning? Craig told you when you were like, you're right, buddy, I'm going at it full speed. It was that way because I would like, okay, so it's just you get to this point where you keep doing the same stuff over and over again. And you're like, I'm going to continue to be on the same trajectory if I don't change anything. So what do I have to lose? And so there was a giant part of me that I was like, it everything became clear because I was like, I'm in those spaces. I'm following these people online. I've established relationships with like health coaches, nutritionists. Like I know these people, like I know their language. I've done research. I do it for fun to learn more about my body. Like I know this language and how they approach things. And so there wasn't any resistance because I was just like, I've been resisting changing for so long that I was like, I have to just do this and try it out to see if it works. Okay, I gotta ask that question. Exactly what you just said. I knew where they were. I knew what they were talking about. Okay, Mm -hmm. what if somebody in here wants to do Jose from Seville, Spain's having to reshift because everything, he was doing everything as sports and entertainment. That's shut down right now. So if Jose, I haven't talked to Jose about this, so I'm just making this up, Jose. But say he wants to do food packaging or 
takeout. So how does he find those people and where they are and what their problems are? You were doing this because it was important to you. You wanted to work out more or have a better body or eat better or whatever. This was personal. Where would you go? Just act like you are a person that's looking for your company and you need food packaging or you need, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, I did it a couple different ways. So I started, I was like, who, what are the types of certifications that people need to be in this type of career. So there's like a holistic health coach, there's a registered dietitian, there's an empowerment coach, what are the list of job titles that are of people that I think I would want to work with. And I would look up conferences and look at their students. Like there are a lot of times people hashtag what college they're going to, or there's a hashtag called RD2B, like people who are in the programs. And I was like, cool, going to target you, going to target you. And so a lot of it was just like listing out the job titles that I knew I wanted to work with. And then working from there of like, okay, where are they, where are they going to get their certifications? Where are they hanging out online to obtain that information? And then just working backwards from there. Okay. I love that because that gives us a step that we could take for our own interest. And again, if you end up not being interested in it, you don't have to, you can change. And somebody I was talking to, I can't remember who, but they reevaluate every year Mm. and they, oh, it was Bonnie saying, she was like, oh, I just figure out what I'm going to do every year. And she doesn't worry about that. It's outside of her niche or anything. Do you know what I mean? Like she's, she just creates something new all the time. I think we're really, a lot of us get really, oh, I've said I was this. It doesn't mean that your clients that you currently have aren't going to be your clients. It wasn't like, hey, I'm dropping you. But no. you get to a point where maybe you you are going to, I call that the overlap method. Mm-hmm. I'm sure somebody has a better title for it. But it's like you're doing, you're going to keep these old clients until you can release them and mm-hmm. focus because you have enough on the other side. We know Craig helped you find your niche, but you were interested in it. So it's maybe like you said, writing down, sitting on that at a piece of paper, and maybe you do it as a yearly process like Bonnie does, or it doesn't have to be, I think you have to have some sort of check-ins to see if mm-hmm. this stuff is still working. And I think Ben talks about this at camp. Just so you know, you're going to get some good stuff, people. Okay. And she's here too. So I'm just giving her a little shout out. Okay. Okay. So then how did you decide on branding and strategy? This time I I always gravitated towards doing logos because it was just, it was a fun thing. It was just my instructors called it the bread and butter of design. They're like, if you want to make money, go to do branding. And I was like, interesting. I'll try that out. And so I had done logos and had been so frustrated for the longest time that I would craft these logos that I felt so confident in. And then you check in three, six months later and they just butchered everything. And I was like, you gotta be effing kidding me, man. Like, how did you take this and ruin it so bad? And so I just became so frustrated with it. And I was like, there has to be something different. There has to be a different process. There's something that I'm not doing so that they're not understanding why this is important and why I did the things I did. So there's a lack in my process and in my communication skills that I need to figure out what I need to do to make the biggest effort or whatever it is. But so my introduction to brand strategy was watching Melinda on the future and watching those videos. I was like, whoa, that's the missing piece. And so just diving into it and then learning. Yeah. You're still, it's not like you make this decision and then you just don't go to the library ever again. You're still searching. You still have to be within that 
space and continually be learning. And then you find, oh yeah, that's the piece. That's that itch. All right. So I'm just going to read what Paul said. Jose said so much value in a couple of minutes. He always has to go eat dinner. So he's probably got to leave in a minute, but it's okay, buddy. We love you. So Paul said, Paul from Minnesota, not Michigan. My life moment is realizing that the niche isn't artificial, but it's acknowledging my authentic interest. I'm naturally drawn to people. You guys got to stop typing. I can't read and it's moving. I'm naturally, I'm kidding. I'm naturally drawn to to the people in my niche market, naturally curious Mm -hmm. about them and what they do. Revelation. I think that it goes back to that name of being curious, right? Mm -hmm. For you. But now it was like a focus. And I think curiosity is one of our best attributes as designers, as strategists, as branding people, because then we can ask those questions. But the other thing I love that you just said, and you mentioned it in your talk, You said they were changing this stuff, like making it comic sans. Oh, hopefully not. They weren't valuing what you did. So it was a communication issue, but it was also that maybe you weren't charging enough so that they didn't value the Mm -hmm. ability. The other thing you talked about in your talk was when when your offers are more catered, you're able to again, charge more because you know that industry and that those people and what their pain points are. So you can charge more and you're seen as an expert because you're in the space, but you're talking about the branding and the strategy. I just, okay, I love that. Okay. All right. Was one of these niches easier to choose? So you see Melinda on future about branding. You talk to Craig about whatever every Craig solved your problem. You were just talking about your life. But then, so was one of these, I think for you, Brittany, you're just a really free spirit. So I think some people are like, I do not relate to that. It would be incredibly difficult. It would take me five years to make that. But I think something we need to do is just embrace Brittany's ability to say, hey, if I don't like this in 10 days or 10 years or in 10 weeks, I can move, I can change. We can still shift. And I think that's one of the things that is your superpower, Brittany, is that you're going to go full force at it, but you're willing to continually be learning and change if it doesn't work for you or if it's not working. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, I think, I think the reason why I go head first into everything and just, let's just try it out. Let's just do it. Cause you never know is that I've set myself up to track things. And so like I went before I dive in, it's not just, I'm just like throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. It's very intentional. I'm just like, what am I going to track? What do I want to get out? What is my monetary goal? How many people do I want to connect with? What do I want to sell there? Like website metrics. Like there's so, and then Instagram metrics, which could go on and on, but there's a lot of things that like, I make sure that I check in with myself of what would make a successful transition or what would make this a successful niche for me. And then I set out those goals and then I just, and that makes it easier to take action. And so it's not just like I'm diving into it head first, seeing what's work, what's working. It's I'm setting what I want to happen, going after it. And it's being very focused and showing up every day. But you don't waver. Mm -hmm. I think some people are like, I don't know if that worked yesterday. I'm going to switch back to what I was doing. And I think it's about your commitment to this niche. And you're saying, I'm going to dive in. You are already in there. I think that's part of that overlap method to see where your curiosity is really taking ground or taking root. Have you always been a tracker? That's been more so recently. I think once I finally identified that I wanted to work in health and wellness, I was like, cool, there's all these things that all of these entrepreneurs are telling me to do for my business, but didn't make any sense whatsoever. So I'm going to start doing it now and see if it works. And so I was just, there's so many entrepreneurs online and business coaches. And they're just like, if you want a successful business, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And we can like all take that advice, but it doesn't really make sense if we don't have a focus, if we're not passionate about what we're doing. And so once I finally 
pieced all these things together, I was like, oh, I can start tracking and see what's working and see what's really resonating with my audience and what they want to hear more of. How often are you tracking? Is this a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly? So I track my Instagram weekly. Every Monday morning, I open up my Instagram, look at all my insights for particular things. Like what particular things are you looking at? I'm tracking the amount of people who have looked at my profile, how many website clicks that I've gotten, how many cold DMs that I've gotten, how many DMs in general that I've gotten, how many post shares post saves and then just like looking at and making sure that like I'm constantly growing and connecting with the right audience. So that's those- super good though, right? Like your post saves. I didn't even think about that. I barely ever look at those things, but then what to you're posting about and then to make more posts about. So let me ask you this. How often are you posting? So this is another thing is with tracking my newsletter content and my blog content and my email marketing newsletter content. Wow. I am able to plan out my entire month. And so I have set days that I publish blogs and newsletters, and then I figure out my Instagram stories and post around that. And maybe I post like an actual Instagram post three times a week, but I'm like on my Instagram stories daily talking about a specific topic that has to do with the content that I just published. So then in the beginning, when you decided we're were you were you posting more often? I was. I think I was just like, oh, I got to be present all the time. I have to post and provide value and do all this and do that. And it, just, it becomes exhausting. You just have to figure out what works. And so like now I'm just like, if I put in effort and have two or three solid posts a week, but I'm showing up on stories, I'm sharing people's content, I'm like interacting with how that I know people I want to work with are hanging out in, that's great. Like, obviously it's important to provide value, but also like Instagram is a social platform. So if you're not, if you're posting and not interacting with anybody, why are you even doing it? Yeah. It's your marketing tool. It is time that you need to spend having a relationship with the people that you're trying. It's dating. You're trying to woo these people and see if it's a good fit in a way for you and a good fit for them. All right. So Chelsea, I want to make sure we know she's in Lexington, Kentucky, people. And then Lenny has a question. It says, I have more background on knowing you like I do. Him, he knows you. Can you talk about moving ahead with the powerhouse without a new finalized logo. Yeah, so um, moving forward with Powerhouse Brand Design was a quick transition because I worked with a marketing mentor because I was like, I need help like leveling up my business. I need some clarity. When did you hire her? I hired her when the pandemic hit. So like March or April or so, I can't quite remember, but it was like, Quarter, beginning of quarter two. You sound so business-like quarter two. I'm like, I got to up my game. So working with her, she was like, hey, I think you should change your name. I was like, absolutely, I should. And so what I realized in this process was that like a logo is important. I think that like I will eventually have a logo, but I decided to move forward without one because I had my brand established. I know exactly what I offer, who I'm targeting, how I make my clients feel, why like the value I provide, why I matter, what I'm working towards in the future. And while this small little logo is important, the overall brand is much more important. And so I felt confident in what I have to offer to people and my processes and my client testimonials. And just the brand felt so secure that I was like, do I want a logo right now? Sure, but it's gonna take me forever because I don't want to design for myself. And at the end of the day, it matters, but it doesn't matter to me right now. Uh, I would rather focus on developing relationships and leveling up my business and then investing in another designer to do my logo in the future. That's how I've viewed that whole thing. Okay, so last quarter four was it last year that you start you made the change and you started posting? Yeah, so I started targeting people in quarter three of last year to work okay with. quarter three. And so I started getting because I wanted I didn't officially switch anything over until 
beginning of this year because I didn't have any client work before that to reflect that I was working, but like specializing in health and wellness. And so I spent the last half of 2019 getting those clients so that I could have case studies and showcase like, hey, I do work with these people. Oh, for <laughs> sure. So Jacob had a question and I'm going to go back to it. He probably put it in the Q&A too. But he said, how do you, this going back to the tracking, how do you stay up with your analytics without going overboard and suffering from analysis paralysis? For me, it's just, I've set out exactly what I want to track. And so I don't try to dive too deep into it. And so I know specific categories that I want to see growth in. And those are the things that I track. Because I feel like even in Google Analytics, like that would cause me analysis paralysis every time I looked at it, if I didn't have a specific thing I was looking for. So this just goes back to being intentional. What do you want to track? What do you want to increase? Why does that matter to you? And then showing up and tracking those things. And so I just decided there are certain categories that I wanted to track, built out my spreadsheets and then track it weekly. All right. So then this is a pretty fast progression then because you had somebody, I can't remember when it was, I think it was last year when that person about the conference. Can you tell them about that? Yeah. Beginning of this. So going back to like, when you know your niche, you kind of know who your ideal client is and where they're hanging out. And so part of my like discovery process and reaching out to people was finding like, where are these people coming from? What conferences are they going to? And what conferences should I be going to meet those people? And so I was like, yeah, design conferences are great. But at the end of the day, it's not people I'm trying to target. Um, I went to a nutrition conference back in February for the Nutritional Therapy Association because I was like, I think I want to work with people like that. So I should probably be in that space, show up and just talk to people. And it was like second week of February that like I got an email from that association. They're like, hey, we saw that you're attending. We love your work. Would you love to be a guest presenter basically at our business roundtable on Sunday, which was like wild to get. I was like, how did you find me? And he was like, oh, you had a cool email, which is silly, but he was going through the attendance list and I went like my email stuck out to him. And yeah, he reached out and there was like a business roundtable on Sunday, which was like the first time they've ever done that. And they wanted somebody to talk about branding. And so I got to speak to about 60 people in the matter of an hour and a half about branding. And it was like a 20 minute shift. So people would sit for 20 minutes, ask me questions and then shift around. And then that happened about three times. Okay. Before you even went to the conference. Okay. So he emails you, Mm -hmm. right? But this was the first you'd had people commenting or DMing, you're starting conversations, you're starting relationships. But this was the first in a very short amount of time. But because you were present in the industry, and because you were focused, and you were spending time building those relationships, I think is what Mm -hmm. I'm hearing is that you were you were seen and then this was a tear inducing time, right? Yeah, Yeah. I flipped out. I thought it was a joke when I got that email because I was like, obviously I just, I saw the email and I was like, I have to do research. Is this person actually real? Looking on their website, who is this person? Because I don't want to get my hopes up if this is a joke. And because there's a lot of spam these days. Found out it was real and I just started crying because it was just, it was the validation that I was like, I'm on the right trajectory. And one of my goals, honestly, long-term is to work with associations like this to be the branding business portion of their courses. And so I was like, I literally have this opportunity right when I finally found my niche, I switched things over. My my hopes for the industry are being validated in this moment. And I had the opportunity to develop a relationship with these people that long-term could turn into like me being a part of that course and changing the way that people approach branding in health and wellness. But it's even those things that 
we aren't sure are real. It's wow. Okay. But the one other thing I want to make sure you tell about is that when you've gone to conferences, you've gone to professional design conferences and there is a difference. And I think it's great that you're seeking out the conferences or those organizations because usually maybe they do need a little bit of branding help. Like the whole thing, like organization help. And my goodness, are you organized? So your experience in that workshop, I think it's a, it was a good, because this was a small, it's, you said it was like, what was the type of people? It was like specific kind. Yeah, it was a nutritional therapists. Okay. So nutritional therapists, it wasn't like, I don't know, some other, not that nutritional therapists aren't big people, but so you go and you probably had expected you've been to workshops at Creative South and at other design conferences. You thought it would probably go something like that, but it's good to know because now you have a frame of reference and you could also tell people, oh, this is how it's going to go. And now, and because we're always learning, we think it's going to be this way, right? But can you tell them about what you learned? And then it was an epiphany because you didn't think it would go a certain way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the experience itself was very insightful. I got a lot of like really great questions. And what helped was that like, I was basically all of their questions was becoming content. I was like, these are what they're searching for online. These are what they're struggling with right now. These are the overhead problems that they're probably typing into Google. And so now I can create all of this content to answer those problems. And did you want me to talk about the woman and the fiber logo? The whole thing of it was 20 minutes and then you, you have your presentation and then 20, or it was a 20 minute round table. So panel was going great. had a lot of really great questions. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like really glad I can help you people. Handed out a ton of business cards. And this woman comes over on the second round and she, this person asked me, what do you think about logos? Should I get one right now? And as I go to answer to provide my professional opinion. This woman who apparently actually works on the courses jumped in and was like, I got my logo from Fiverr for $50 and it's not great, but it's okay. And he gave me all of these variations for like $50. Here's all of his information. And guys, she gave everybody at that table this person's information and talked for 10 of the 20 minutes. I was so mad. I was like, whatever. But what's fun is now I have a bunch of content coming out shitting on Fiverr. So I'm pretty excited about that. that but it's about, it's also, it teaches you about um, controlling a situation. I'm really bad at that. If I wasn't expecting somebody to be like, Hey, I, what? I, and it, I don't know. It's hard. It's like something you need to practice. I would think this would be like a good, like uh, role play kind of thing. Some lady starts talking over you. Anyway, I just think, yeah, clueless lady. It's okay. Those people are not are the no. people we want to work with. If you want to go to Fiverr, go at it because it's not going to be $5. Okay. So when you started, you were looking weekly at your, your tracking it and then the content, what kind of content did you start posting? And then how did that shift? Obviously it shifted because you were tracking, but what kind of things were you trying? So at the beginning of 2020, I decided to work with a copywriter because I was like, I know who I want to target. So let me invest in myself and my business and work with somebody so that I can publish regular content, be the expert, provide all these resources, and then have metrics to track to see what people are the most interested in. And so I started out, the prompt that she gave me, was just like, if somebody were to follow you for 90 days, what do they have to know? Or what do they have to know about your process? And so I did that for the first month or so. And I think as I continued, I, I realized that there were some topics or questions that I was getting on Instagram that people wanted more insight into. So I was like, cool, let me shift into this content. But I approached my months with like overhead topics because I like 
to have this common theme or story to follow. I don't like the piecemeal type of content. It really bothers me because my brain doesn't work that way. And so I just develop rough concepts and break it down from there every month. And then now that I'm tracking my analytics and like blog posts and see what's performing well, I can repurpose those or dive into those more coming up in the next coming months. Okay. Lenny and Lily and some other people are talking about the logo and you don't need a logo to go forward. But the other problem that a lot of us have is that, oh, well, I have to design this and I don't have time to design my logo. I'm going to put other people before me. So can you take them through that process and what that is? Because I think that's another thing that when we do brand strategy, it's hard to do it on ourselves. It's also hard for us to focus and spend money on a logo when that's what we're doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to invest in ourselves. And I had this experience when I decided to work with a marketing mentor, but like the whole thought process for me is I can fast track my progress or I can get where I want to go quicker if I literally just pay somebody to do it. And if I'm preaching to other people that they need to invest thousands of dollars into my own process, then why should they pay me if I'm not doing it in my own business? Like clearly I have trust issues if I'm not paying other people to do things for me. Yeah. It was just like, I knew that I had to practice what I preached. I wanted to be in the client seat to see what other people and how they operate. And eventually when I decided to hire somebody else to do my logo, that just makes sense because I know I'm going to take forever to work on it. I'd rather just have somebody who I trust, who I know, who's passionate about it, who has great work and she can just do it for me. Because sometimes our time and our money, we would might maybe invest in something money-wise and get it quicker from somebody else. Fabio did the t-shirt for Cam. Always love being able to get his awesome stuff. Matt Wood did all the illustrations. It would I'd still be working on the illustrations. He did it in a day. So I think that it's important if we, it's about the going forward in your business. If you're holding yourself up because you can't afford time or money, Mm -hmm. then it's not really important in your business. So what are you going to sacrifice? What are you going to give up? And I think a lot of times for us, it's a mental thing, right? Oh, maybe it'll be this. And then you choose a different font and you choose a different, it's now it's in a badge and now it's in, you know what I mean? It's, oh, so then having somebody else, then it's just responding. Is this true to my brand? Which side of the fence to live on? Tell us about your marketing coach, how you found her, who she is. I know you have a link. I don't know if you sent me that link, you can get it to me and we'll make sure. But how did you pick her? She, the copywriter that I work with ended up getting an intensive with her. And I remember she posted about it and I was like, huh, this is interesting. And I started following her and Ashley Burnside is her name. She goes by the Empire Lab. If anybody's curious, she, I looked her up, we connected on Instagram and she had sent me some voice memos and we started chatting back and forth. So practicing what she preached and was very, like very engaged and connecting with me. And I was like, oh, I feel seen. I feel her. Like she's excited about what I'm talking about. And this is amazing. And it was actually when I was sitting at the last talk at the conference I went to, the nutritional therapy conference this year, that I was sitting with my laptop because just you're in so many different talks and you get so many ideas. And I was like, I could do a course on this. I could do a blog post on this. And I was just became so overwhelmed. And I literally had this moment where I was just like, no, we're not doing it. Uh, I was like, I don't like to waste my time. I want to make sure that I'm spending it where I need to be doing. I don't know what's working right now or what's not working. 
working. And that's problematic because why am I going to keep doing all this stuff if I don't know it's working? And so I filled out a form on her website and I was like, I need help piecing these together. Like I have so many ideas, but piecing all my offers and ideas and content together is overwhelming. And I can't do it myself. I've tried. It takes too long. I'm impatient. I just want to fast track this. And so it was just, I knew that if I didn't work with her, that I wouldn't be where I am today or know how to get to where I want to be. So Lily says your own branding, rebranding can be so difficult. It took her three years to complete her rebranding. Plus Mm -hmm. client work takes priority. So your branding often takes a back seat. But if you are trying to make a shift, then maybe investing in somebody else to do this allows you to move quicker Mm -hmm. into that place where you're making the type of work you want to make and the money you want to make. So it's a little bit of investing has completely, it's totally been worth it, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we are at the end. Okay. How do you recharge and what inspires you? I recharge, I think by doing a lot of reading. I've just been bookworm this year. So I'm just reading about different topics from whether it be intersectional feminism to learning more about Detroit history, to learning more about just brand strategy, just learning uh, and growing as a person. And then what inspires me? Ooh, that's a very hard question. I always really don't have an answer for that one. I think just the people around me. I think there's the people you surround yourself have, or at least I find in my circles have a lot of focus and they're all so passionate about what they're doing and it just rubs off on you. So I think that my community inspires me. I love that. Is there a quote or something that you keep close to you to help you get through these tough times? Um, Have you found anything new or that you have always kept? Not really. I'm just, I've always been one that like, I've always had this feeling and I think other people might feel it of things get hard and you might think about quitting, but there's something in you that just, just keep going. Just keep going a little farther. Like you're going to get there. And so it's always this, God damn it, Lenny. It's always this feeling of like, I just have to keep going. Like I have to keep pursuing this. I know that I'm taking action and showing up daily and things will work out. Like I trust in myself that I will make it happen. Trust in yourself that the difference between something you're really passionate about and then something that you're not, it's not that everything you do, everything you knit like crazy and you, yeah. you, it's okay. No, I'm going to let the knitting go. That was just a phase. She knows where she's mm-hmm. not excited and she lets those other things go so stay focused but also don't give up in those places and stay intentional this i can't stress enough what it means to be intentional with everything that you do in your business i feel like everything should have some sort of purpose whether it be like how it connects to you how you move forward what it means to your business or whatever just be intentional. Okay. So what's next? So what's next is I'm launching my first group program this month, which I'm super excited. It's called the brand bootcamp. Uh, I'm super stoked to be launching it. I'm launching a digital product at the beginning of August that kind of talks about identifying your ideal client and finding your niche if you guys are interested in it. So I'm in the process of building that out. And so today, that would be for who? For designers? So it's hard because I'm catering more of my marketing towards the health and wellness space and the examples are going to be in the health and wellness space. But I think that it still applies to people. So if they wanted to sign up and are curious about it, you can sign up. I'll provide more information. But yeah. And then today I found out that I got accepted to be a speaker at a registered dietitian symposium in September. So I'm pretty excited about that. So that's what's next. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't know that. That's incredible. All right. So you actually have two kinds of content then. One for that niche of to do design and marketing. And then you also are happy to teach people like us, people here about what 
you've learned going to a little bit of a deeper dive. So the thing is going to be building a fit brand ma masterclass bundle. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness she didn't lose use any more bees in there, man. You <laughs> with Brittany's branding anyway okay so that's for us you can click it and then i'm gonna send this out here you guys can follow her on instagram at powerhouse brand studio one studio no s on the end and then powerhousebrandstudio.com and then also her newsletter there's a special link and you guys can click it because if you're listening or you're watching on youtube it's gonna be underneath it, everything's there people everything anyway Brittany, thank you and i think you've done such a great job of in a year or a year and a half it has been like intense you're getting more of the work you're more valued you're seen as the expert but mm. your presence you're present in those mm. place and you're also you're also building relationships with these people yeah Anyway, it was perfect. <laughs> Brittany, I'm excited. I can see a lot of people from camp in here. And I think this was super, totally on target of what we're doing at camp. And I'm just really excited to be able to see you like explode. And I think Design Recharge is about hope. And if Brittany can do it, you can do it. If it's that sort of sound about it. But I always think like, wow. if I can do it, you can. Or wow. if somebody, I remember when I first started, I was like, if that guy can do it, I can do it. But I'm like, I just really think it's such a good, if we just focus if we just put in the time to build some relationships be mm -hmm. present listen to what people are saying and and if you know how to solve that then solve it right tell people hey this is what it is or this is what helped me or this is what i've seen or this yeah. i just think it's great and I, i'm just really proud of you i'm proud to be your friend and i'm so excited to be on this journey with you so keep rocking like powerhouse brand studio you guys check it out on instagram and go to our sign up for a newsletter if it, if they go there they're listening where on your site is the newsletter sign up the newsletter sign up is there's a part where I, there's a freebie if you want to download my identifying your ideal client freebie it's in my like work ways to work with me and then at the bottom if there's another sign up so there's a couple places to find it perfect that helps us know where it is and we will see you guys back in august Brittany, i appreciate you i'm so proud of you i can't wait to see where you're going remember me when you are way big and famous and you can be like oh my little friend diane it's always good to see you and it's always good to see you <laughs>